0: Welcome to the SCA Lectures Podcast Series, brought to you by Olam Specialty Coffee, connecting roasters to the finest specialty green coffees. The following is part one of a talk presented live at the 2017 Global Specialty Coffee Expo, the largest annual gathering of specialty coffee professionals.
1: Welcome to Women's Coffee Challenges and Opportunities in the Market. Uh, My name is Colleen Anunu. I work for Fair Trade USA um, in the supply chain for coffee supply chain. Um, I'm also on the board of directors for SCA, um, and I welcome you all to Seattle and the conference. Welcome to the first global specialty coffee expo ever. But today, here, we are going to talk about women's coffee and uh, gender justice in coffee uh, production environments and in uh, the marketplace. And so I'm just going to give you a brief introduction to the topic. Um, Some of you might be very familiar, some of you this might be just of interest and are here to learn more about statistics and more about um, uh, the work that's being done in uh, producing regions for um, combating uh, gender injustice, basically. So I'll just start by saying that of, of the over 25 million coffee farmers engaged in producing and processing coffee, an estimated 70% are those are smallholders, with land holdings of less than 10 hectares. Smallholder farms are family farms, and family farms require family labor, while we have a lot of coffee companies in the market right now that highlight farmer-specific lots and coffees, they often defer to the male head of household as uh, as the dominant or the farmer for that coffee. And cooperatives also determine their membership based on those that own the land. And in many cases, in many countries, that is the man. But it's really important to understand that women's labor contributes greatly to the final market articulation of the product. So you can think that in when we think of seed to cup journey we think about uh, the different processes that are involved on farm. Women contribute greatly to the labor that's done on a small family farm. Rarely are they remunerated or they paid for this work. It's been repeatedly shown that despite the work that women contribute to coffee productive activities, they receive minimal, if any, direct compensation at the farm gate or the ocopio or the washing station or indirect compensation through cooperative membership and services, um, uh, maybe subsidies on uh, on uh, different services, trainings, and uh, productive inputs like fertilizer. But there's so many social biases that are rooted in tradition that are really hard to break. And this translates a lot into women receiving less income, having less access to land, credit, inputs, agricultural training, leadership opportunities, and information, general market information. And it's widely acknowledged that increasing women's income results in not only greater personal empowerment, but more gender-balanced households. It influences the level of investment in, how, in health and education within the family. Awareness of gender justice within the coffee industry has really gained a lot of momentum over the past few years. And one of the key opportunities is linking women farmers more directly to the market either by linking them through information, if they already own a farm, or working within the structures that already exist to provide opportunities for women to have their own rights to resources and trees and, um, and basically the, the marketing, the, the selling of the product. Many value chain actors, such as Twin, Atlas Coffee Importers, Mzuzu Cooperative, and value chain supporters such as the International Trade Center and the International Women Coffee Alliance have been addressing this issue head-on. The session today provides an opportunity to explore the impact of women's coffee and other market initiatives for gender justice and, and women in general. So today we will be hearing from four of those five organizations that I just mentioned Unfortunately, we won't be able to have a representative from the International Trade Center today. But we're going to start with um, Pascasi, who is an associate of TWIN. Um, Pascasi is um, standing in last minute for Christina Ruiz, who wasn't able to, um, to uh, basically come into the United States. Thanks. Bama. <laughs> So she will be speaking about uh, Twins Gender Justice Program and uh, survey on women's coffee. We also have Maria Boto. Maria Boto is the IWCA International uh, (laughs) Women's International Women's Coffee Alliance uh, Relations Chair. She's the president of the El Salvador chapter, member of mentoring program, um, and she has a background in the food industry in sales, marketing, and export. A coffee producer in El Salvador, and manage of Elotepec coffees. Uh, She leads coffee producers grouped in her region for coffee rehabilitation and agricultural diversity. And she is the chair for El Salvador IWCA chapter in coffee organizations Unity to reactivate coffee fields in El Salvador. Her passion for coffee and nature is rooted from childhood. She was born in an agricultural family in Santa Ana, And nourishes her passion participating in coffee field activities and coffee lectures her mission is to empower women in coffee communities for economic growth and sustainability and we are really lucky to have her speak here today Craig Holt is the founder founder of Atlas Coffee Importers a specialty coffee importer located right here in Seattle can you believe it welcome Um, Atlas Coffee Importers is a company that is focused on developing uh, quality coffee in partnerships with growers and connecting these growers with specialty buyers in North America. He is the former chairperson of the Coffee Quality Institute Board of Trustees and an active Coffee Corps volunteer and a Q grader instructor. He is afraid of sharks and clowns. (laughs) And we are very lucky to have him speak here today. Finally, we have Mr. Harrison B. Kalua. Um, he is the manager of Mzuzu Cooperative based in the northern part of Malawi, which is a landlocked country in uh, eastern Africa. Um, Harrison has a diploma in agriculture, um, bachelors of science in agriculture, and a master's degree in strategic management. He has several postgraduate certificates, including agricultural cooperative development and management and international trading. He has uh, been a board member of several organizations including uh, African Fine Coffee Association, AFCA, Conesa, SADC, um, and MBS Bank and Twin Trading. And we are very lucky to have him speak here to us today. So we're gonna start with Paskazi. and Pascazi will be presenting on um, Twin's work in gender justice. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm happy
0: to be the substitute. So as you heard, I'm not—I wasn't supposed to be the one presenting. And um, being a, a substitute, there's some good part about it, because I just lost my luggage when I was coming in, <laughs> and um, and I'm um, happy to have Target nearby the hotel. This is why I'm having some nice clothes now. <laughs> So I'm going to be presenting on behalf of TWIN, which is a development, uh, which is an organization for development for trade. And um, I've been working for them for a very long time and I do appreciate the family spirit and the collaboration with uh, small producers who are in the heart of everything I do. So, I might end up spending a lot of time talking about producers than talking about market, which you might hear more about uh, at lunch, because there is another presentation from Twin uh, during lunchtime. So, as you can see on the slide, uh, we do work on four different levels. We start with uh, household, and then we move on to organization, Around that is the cooperative, and then uh, we talk about gender around the market, and then we do a lot of advocacy in different forum like this one, and then we talk about the market. But my area of expertise is around the household and uh, and the organization at cooperative le- uh, level. When I do a lot of work on uh, supporting cooperatives, have like gender policies. And I do a lot of work training women on leadership and uh, as a whole training women, uh, everybody on board on governance. Uh, at household, household level, we like to start from there because it's, too, it's normal. You cannot have anything if you don't start with one person. And the one person, we are talking about an individual before we can move on to anything else. So I believe it's not different even within the coffee industry. When we are talking about farmers, we are talking about one person living in a family. We are talking about a man and a woman and a youth and children living in one family and producing coffee. So why do we start within a household? It's because we have seen like they are not... The dynamics around household are very different. And when everything is not in harmony, even if the coffee you produce end up going into the market without harmony. And we don't have the best quality. We don't have the best uh, product to present to our consumers. So we really emphasize too much household work so that we can have a very harmonized product we present to our buyers, uh, to our consumers. At household level, what do we do? Uh, we, as a twin, we decided to use one of uh, methodology, household methodology we call GARS. It's not our innovation, but it's something we have seen working somewhere else, and we adopted it, and we love it, and we have seen a lot of impact as we use it. Using that methodology, we are kind of empowering the farmers, individual farmers, like a woman and we're empowering a man and then both together and then the whole family to be able to decide on their own way of production and on their own way of using the income they're receiving from the production. So what it means, like, there are tools which are important for one person, like a vision journey. How do you plan? How do you plan your, your life? How do you plan your day? How do you plan your, your future as an individual? And then when we use another tool, for instance, one of the tools we like using is, like, gender balance tree. We are bringing everybody to be aware, what am I doing within my family? How am I supporting my wife? How am I supporting my husband? How am I supporting my the production of coffee within this family? And then the beauty of it, of it all is like to understand how are the being to be shared? And sometimes it's very uh, heartbreaking to see that like those who are contributing the most are receiving the most access to the use of their sources and then here we are talking about women in this case in many contexts. We have have seen it happening in so many countries in so many different contexts, but at the end of the day, it's like when people become aware, then from within they start changing and then decide, yes, if we do it this way, we are going to be developing much faster. So it becomes a tool to support them to develop much faster and uh, and we love it and we have seen so many changes. With that tool, we use very simple drawings and everybody can participate and everybody can draw and even uh, my grandmother of 97 can draw. It's very amazing because you can draw even with your eyes closed. So it's so beautiful when you see it happening and when you see that like one tool, can change a whole household within like three months, two months, and then they have like, another way of thinking about their own lives. So that is the household. And from there, we move into the organization at the cooperative levels because they are small holders, and they have to bring all their production together to be able to reach the market. If not, 300 kilograms cannot reach the market. But if they come together... And then at the household they are organized they are coming together at the cooperatives they are bringing in the same organization into the cooperative at the cooperative le the cooperative level in many cases, we have seen that like a lot of men dominate and uh, in some cases, when they bring in women it's because it's the gender issue it's the it's the new message it's the new uh, sexy thing to talk about but at the end of the day you wonder oh, what is the difference it's like you see women on board and uh, we start talking about an issue who's responding like the man is responding the woman is quiet and then when you ask them like uh, a prompt question even during a training session uh, so what did you understand about this training uh, you found out like the body is there, but the spirit is with the chicken, and, uh, <laughs> and but the spirit is not there. So it's really very really important, like to have like tail training, especially for women, when they can know that it's okay to have your body and your spirit together during a session, and then you develop the self confidence, and then they come on board and they are able to contribute. And for me, I think that's the essence of yeah, keep on doing those trainings and not losing heart that they are not following because I have seen changes and I love what I see, really, at the household level. And when doing good governance, it's always nice to bring everybody together, even the men, even the women, because governance is like everyday life. It's It's a concept not everybody can grasp at one instance, Governance goes beyond what we see. It goes, you know, to start building a human around trust. Are you trustworthy? Are you honest? And then from there, ready, we develop very strong organization and we achieve our mission as twin of building sustainable organization that can bring in always the coffee to the market. As we talk about the market, we, it's nice. We want to say women's coffee or gender coffee. And then I was asking myself when I was coming in, we keep on saying the same thing over and over. But really what do we mean like women's coffee? What do really do we mean? What do we want the industry to do? What do we want buyers like for for instance like Atlas to do? And I think he's going to tell us what they really want to do about it. But for me, I've seen like when we are promoting women's coffee, we are promoting the sustainability of the whole supply chain. Because as we, we give them room, as we give room to the women to, to be seen and to feel confident, to be recognized, things start changing where you don't see They are seen, start being seen, and then they start having this human connection to what they are doing. And then they can really, you know, be part of this big uh, supply of coffee on the global scale. For me, that's what I see. And this is really the beauty about emphasizing the women's coffee on the market Maybe there will be a time we don't need it. We'll be just talking about coffee. But for the moment, I really believe we still need to promote women's coffee on the market. And um, lastly, um, when we're talking about uh, advocacy, or are talking about land issues. In some countries, it's not very easy for a woman to access land. But when you talk about it, even the government start making their policies around you know, empowering women. Just from there, because they see the benefits and they see it's like it's something that maybe they're not aware of, but they become aware of it now. I think I'm going to stop from here. And I thank you for listening. Thank you so much.
2: Good morning. Being a girl born in a coffee-producing family, and we were four children, three girls and a boy, and our role when we were young and little and we used to go to the farm every holiday, especially during the picking time, our role as women, as girls, were always the side activities, such as helping our grand, great-grand aunts sell at the store, the basics that they had for the people that were usually picking at the farm. So we never got in touch with any agricultural practices, but it was in 2002 when our generation needed to take over to the management of the farm that we were facing many challenges. So the challenges there were we had no knowledge, the women, about the agricultural practices. We had low sea prices market, around $50. Then there was little financial resources for the family, only for the harvesting, but not for the agricultural practices. We had no knowledge on the coffee market, no knowledge on the coffee industry, so many, many challenges were faced. So as I was working always in the marketing place, I said the first rule of thumb is to learn about the product. So what I first did was to hire an agronomist, went to the farm, with my family, my husband and my son, that was at the time studying at Zamorano University, agronomist, because he had always gone to the farm with my, gran- with my father, and he liked the land and he liked the soil. So we went to the farm, we looked at the status of the farm, because we needed a budget to start and to know the status of the farm, with a budget, a starting budget, and then to make a scenario for the tenth year so we knew what our direction was. We were, we were at that time acquiring a very big responsibility because the, family, the farm had a big debt and then we had to face this. So the only way we had to go out was productivity and profita- profitability. So the next step we took, um, I started learning and educating myself on the coffee, the quality of the coffee I had in the farm, starting to understand the coffee market, the sea market, how it went. Going into the web and asking what other organizations were there in the local El Salvador, so I approached the El Salvadorian Coffee Council, learning about the rules and regulations on coffee. And following that, I had a little bit of knowledge on exporting. And my sister, one of them, she lives here in the United States. So they were so involved and they said, eh, let's look for another additional market. So we found a roaster and we <coughs> did in the 2003, our first export. So we were happy because instead of selling the coffee at the sea market that the price was around $60, we got $90. So that was a great step. So we were happy, and this, you know, made us go forward to the next step. I had to understand, as I was the only girl in El Salvador, I had to understand how to manage the budget for the agricultural practices because I had no idea, and I was usually working in a monthly basis or in quarters in the in my marketplace where I was working. So I started breaking the different agricultural practices into months so I could understand it myself, and I could guide my sisters that didn't know anything about it. So. Um, Then I started learning about the quality of coffee. I started going to cupping sessions. I had the great opportunity that some of the leaders of Specialty Coffee Association came to El Salvador at that time in 2004. So they started teaching us about cupping, about roasting and I was, every opportunity I had, I went to the workshops to listen to understand what i was doing so in 2008 opportunities started arising um just as international woman coffee alliance came to el salvador i heard about it i approached it cup of excellence arrived in 2004 so i started preparing myself to participate in 2005 our coffees were there and they classified for the cup of excellence so i started um, some knowledge about the market outside that it was from specialty coffee and that our quality could meet those standards. So it was nice. So I was, a lot of old, uh, windows and old doors were opening for me. So, Specialty Coffee Association of America, I visited in t- 2009 for the first time in my life. And it was because I was already working for the International Coffee Alliance in El Salvador, the chapter. I was a treasurer at that time. And we were going to have our second convention of of International Coffee Alliance in El Salvador. So it was very exciting to see all these American women from all the coffee chain, you know, participating and very eager to support all the coffee producers in our country and in the world and trying to open markets for everyone. So I think opportunities are there. And so we have to find our niches and we have to find everything that we have as women source because we are persistent, we have different abilities, and we have to learn. And educate ourselves is one of the biggest issues we have. So education is basic, you know, for every step. And knowing that you have other women around, and you have other organizations like International Women Coffee Association, UN, there's many others, and also International Trade Center. as the International Women Coffee Association had a partnership with International Trade Center. so they also have this program that is called Women Vendor. So we got invited. and I said, well, let's drive. So two of us, Another woman from El Salvador, myself, you know, we applied and we were lucky to visit Rwanda for the first time. I had never been to Africa. It was a wonderful experience for me. And then um, we started approaching other women from the world. And my partner, Annabella D'Aglio, she was the president at that time, and she also was uh, working for um, an associate and a volunteer in the WWCA International, she invited me to join the board, uh, the global board. So I was accepted, and I'm here, you know, very happy to be a part of the International Global Association and uh, collaborating and volunteer for the 20 chapters that we have. We're going to side the 21st, which is Ethiopia, which was a, a very th- uh, difficult task for us, because in Ethiopia there are many governmental rules that do not allow to have more NGOs because they had some experiences i guess so now uh, after 4 years we're going to have this new signing you know of Ethiopian women they are very happy because they are going to be connected with the rest of the chapters on the world so i think we have to Never lose time and always think there are opportunities. There will always be risks as the the word that was used yesterday instead of challenge. There will always be risks, but you have to take the risk and then to have the opportunities and the rewards. So for a woman in the coffee industry, you have to approach the The buyer, you have to participate in every opportunity you have. you have to find the niche, as you say, find a home for your coffee, because all coffees have different values, and we are it's we're a multiple um appreciation of you know every human being has a different perspective of what they like. So that's good, and we can approach and offer our product to the world. And never lose sight of what you have to do in your country, because you have to be aware of the market trend, because market trend is always dynamic. And then never lose sight of your productivity. And now in El Salvador, we're facing a very hard time because we had uh, the Royal disease five years ago, and we've been hit very hard. But as you know, many of us have a responsibility, and we have to go on because of the family, because we're not only responsible for ourselves and our family, but also for the people that work with us at the farms. So we have to keep on. We have um, a responsibility with our people. We need our people to stay in our country. Many people, the only thing of the American dream and, you know, what about if everybody's going to leave our countries? No. So we have to stay there. We have to know that we, ha- we are Salvadorian in my case. So you have to build up for your country. You want to be like the United States, so work in your country so you can be there. So so opportunities are always there. And I think to working with a group of men and women in, in around my t- uh, farm, it's been very challenging and very good because, you know, you get to know their coffees. We're also working to improve their quality. We're also helping them um, with my son because I involved the, the next generation, which is very important. Because we need somebody to substitute us. Like, you know, Pasha said... Um, she substituted Christina today, so we need a substitute, you know, uh, any time in life. So I think it's very important, and I leave you just with this message: uh, never lose the sight of productivity, because productivity and profitability will make you sustainable in life. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to part one of a talk from the SCA Lectures podcast series. To hear more on topics relevant to the specialty coffee industry, visit www.scanews.coffee and subscribe to this lecture series. Thanks for listening.